0: On a mission to educate on the huge nutritional benefits of dietary greens, Dawn Russell founded Eight Greens, a line of supplements packed with superfoods. Eight Greens is a must in the wellness space, so stay tuned for more on this. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. I believe in collaboration over competition and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Dawn Russell. She's a model turned founder and Dawn set out to find an alternative medicine when she was diagnosed with stage three cancer. She traveled, researched and met with experts all over the world and realized she had to go back to the basics. Discovering both the immense value of smart nutrition and that a shocking about 87% of Americans did not consume the daily minimum requirement of greens. So thus, Eight Greens was founded. I love that Dawn ensured she had the perfect formula too. This was 15 years into Dawn's health journey with five years of testing and hundreds of formulas before even launching. With the wellness space becoming more saturated and perhaps even confusing for some, Eight Greens has simplified it for you. It is tried and true, and I cannot wait to learn more myself. So Dawn, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So I asked all my guests the same question I'm going to ask you, is who, in a nutshell, is Dawn?
1: Who, in a nutshell, is Dawn? Well, I have um, two children, so at the moment, that are 8 and 11, so I'd have to start with mother, um, and then wife, and then... Um, I'm on a mission. I am definitely on a mission. And so I feel less, I mean, it's very nice to be to say a founder, an entrepreneur, but I feel more like a person on a mission as opposed to, you know, that. a businesswoman or anything along those lines. So that kind of sums me up.
0: That's, I love hearing that. And, and it's true because truly like seeing your journey to date, there's been so many, I guess, moments of, of I guess, life changes, but also learnings and uh, opportunities for growing. From For you, did you ever from we'll go into deep you know more detail into those uh, moments throughout your life but did you ever envision you ever creating a brand
1: never never ever ever no i had totally different aspirations as a child um you know Journalism was of interest to me, and I think that's one of the reasons why a Greens has been successful, is it truly was, you know, from the heart. It truly was something that was personal. It wasn't like I set out to start a business or to be mm-hmm. successful. It was very much a pers- personal mission, and I think, I hope that that's what people feel when they're, when they're taking the product.
0: I love that. I mean, personally, even, I mean, I never envisioned to create shampoos and conditioners and oils for my life. I did engineering at university, but it is true when you, when you create those ideas and and businesses eventually from those true authentic, I guess, um, curiosities that you go deeper in and then you start to fall in love with it and you start to realize, why isn't this existing or why isn't this being accessible for the world? You then create it for others and then you just become a vehicle of a business in a way. So I think that's exactly what 8 Greens is and I love that. And you can really tell, honestly, like through every touch point when I did my research, from the website to even the interviews and articles, you could really tell that it wasn't about um, let me sell you a product. It was more like let me sell you a why and I love that because... That's exactly your way.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure you were doing the same with kind of, you know, your Indian heritage and using that to make the shampoo and conditioner. It's like we're trying to give um, a solution, and, exactly. and that's really where I come down to. You know, you're knowledgeable in your background. I'm knowledgeable in my background. And now we're going to give others the solution so, so they don't almost have to have that learning curve.
0: Exactly. And even for us, right? I'm, I'm sure as like, as founders, we've become the beneficiary of our own creations. That's why we end up creating it. <laughs> we're like, our it's a bit selfish, curve. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah every yeah. time I'm in the, in the kitchen or with the labs, I'm like, I just get so much joy about even creating things for me. And then I'm like, wait, This is an amazing product. So I'm sure that's exactly what happened with you. Because, you know, going into the the aisles and you understand these power of the greens and you need all of these different different greens and all these different um, amounts of them. And it's very confusing, also very expensive and also quite hard to stick to it you know you can do it for a week Mm. then you lose because you know we have busy schedules we we forget we're also humans of habit right We 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 have moments where we're motivated and moments where we're not and i love that you've simplified it did you find like for you when you were taking your greens did you find it was hard to be consistent in taking them
1: Well, I had the motivation of being incredibly ill, as you know from my story. So for me taking the greens, you know, it was such a dire situation and I hate to dwell on it because everyone in some ways been affected by cancer and it was 20 years ago for me. But I think if I hadn't had that kind of origin of being Mm. that kind of, you know, deathly ill i don 't know if I would have gone as deep into the knowledge of greens as I had to you know this wasn't I've, I've always been healthy and interested in health, but obviously I had to go you know no stone was unturned when you're ill, so that was what the same knowledge I was able to use with eight greens is kind of no stone was unturned. I mean I studied every green I could get my hands on and and really find what worked for me. And then once I got back on my feet, really carry that over to eight greens. So it was really fluid and it was really, um, it was really, I was just incredibly passionate about getting those greens to everyone. I, my learning curve was so arched and so difficult that I didn't want anyone to have that difficulty as well.
0: That's, what advice would you give to people that might be going through a similar journey to you that you had in 2000? Um, is there something that you know, channeling the energy into research, into like what? What would be some of your tips?
1: I get asked, you know, probably uh, almost every day, someone emails yeah. me and says, you know, a friend's da 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 da. You know, can you send me? And and I I will give um, you know a list of tips that I have that I now have obviously accumulated and put them together because it's been so long. But really, if I were to put it down to two things. One is diet really, 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 really matters, especially when you're ill or when you're trying to kill something inside of you that's not supposed to be there. Diet is absolutely paramount, you know, sugar and just there's so many aspects to what you're putting in your mouth that's going to either help or hinder. So diet is really, really important. And then I think the second thing is whatever is going on with you, just really stay alert to it, Um, because I feel like for me, um, you know, when you get cancer, especially when I was 25, it's kind of like, all the drama and like everyone wants to fester off of that drama and everyone wants to, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a circus. And, Mm -hmm. and if it feels like that person isn't right for you to have in your life during this time, or someone does feel right, just really listen to that because you need to be the most important when you're ill. And I found there were certain nurses that really, really were hard for me to be around. And so I would stay away from them and I became incredibly close with my surgeon and it's just, really feel and listen to whatever's going on inside of you that's that that's really it's really how I got through were those two basic things
0: that's I'm really I mean it's even easier said than done but just that constant reminder right of like especially in those moments I'm sure the amount of people that come by your side for whatever reasons and you know they're It can be quite overwhelming, but knowing that at the end of the day, the the most important person is you, and listening to you because you have your own journey. So, for example, if you're noticing that the diet's working, or the medicine, you've got to listen to that, and that is the most important, I think, in the day is investment in your own self.
1: Exactly. And I even say to people, you know, all the tips I give them, not everyone's going to, not every tip I give is going to work for that person. So really go through it, you know, throw away <laughs> what of mine doesn't work for you. Like, it's yeah. just really about you in those moments.
0: Yeah, exactly. But going to your first point, uh, and also, again, very synergetic to my upbringing with Ayurveda, homeopathy, healing with from within, there's a lot of, power in diet and uh from prevention to you know whatever in the whole journey of your life you have to keep an eye on it and i think a lot of people sometimes don't or don't or even undervalue the importance of your diet um they sometimes look at the physical right and it could be like oh i look healthy or i feel good today but actually um it does linger and it does add up so for you um was this something before even, you know, when you were, um, uh, before 25, why did you ever like put this much importance to your diet?
1: No, I mean, I, I was never unhealthy. Um, I was never, I I feel very much like I was in the norm, you know, I never, um, I was just kind of, yeah, I was very average. I would say in, in how I consume food. I think what I've noticed post 25 and, um, I feel like, I mean, dare I say such like a kind of mass statement, but I feel like you kind of do start to care about your diet once you've, you've gotten busy, you've gotten your first job and you're like, oh, I need that extra energy or, you know, life or, or you've just whatever you've gotten out of that younger stage of life. And all of a sudden you need to, to have more energy. And I feel like for me, what's really been interesting is I almost feel like we need to take the word off diet and what goes inside our body because people feel exactly. so overwhelmed. It's like this complete uphill battle for them. And so they're like, "Saw it. I'm not going to do it." you know, like it just feels utterly overwhelming. Like how would one thing of broccoli help? Like, forget it. I'm going to go have a, you know, something. And what I really think that that I that I'm just so focused on and why I've stayed, you know, so strong and passionate building eight greens for all these years is that it doesn't have to be so difficult. It it shouldn't be so painful to get greens, you know? It just it doesn't, it can be simple and it can be unintimidating. And that's just it's a it's a life goal of mine to simplify it.
0: I love it. And I love how, you know, holistic you are in building it with even your statements. Like you're not, you even on your website and stuff you say eight greens is not replacement to a healthy diet it's a booster right it's you're really thinking holistically about the whole environment of our day-to-day and i would love if you could explain a little bit about how eight greens started uh, from those early initial ideas to the reality of you know product registration name and then oh wait i've got a product
1: yeah (laughs) take it away (laughs) All those great nuances. So yeah. I, as as you know, I mean, I was um, incredibly ill when I was 25, and I, I had cancer, um, and, and it was really serious. It was stage three out of stage four, and I had many surgeries. And on my fourth or fifth surgery, it was so long ago that I forgot, I got a bone infection and that's really when everything turned for me and I couldn't do chemo or radiation. And in actuality, it was a blessing in disguise because it forced me to really become the leader. As I said, I I was and am very close with my surgeon. And, you know, at the time he always says, you gave me so many sleepless nights with all your, you know, (laughs) various ways of researching and trying to get healthy. But now, you know, the majority of patients at the hospital I was at use, you know, some kind of integral of medicine. So it's become quite mainstream, yet I also think it's become incredibly oversaturated, this whole wellness area. When I was 25, it was close to nothing. I mean, it was really Mm -hmm. like finding a doctor that would embrace Eastern and Western medicine was, was dire for me. So I traveled the globe for four years and really tried any and everything, spent time in India, with the with doing a lot of Ayurvedic medicine, China, tr- doing these tonics, I mean, you name it, Austria, Australia, Germany, I went everywhere um, just to end up back in my apartment in the West Village of New York, going to the basics of food, because I was starting to lose control of my body in other ways. You know, my hearing, I was starting to get a ringing noise, my sight was starting to go off, and it was because I just had so much stuff attacking my body, my body didn't know what to do. So what I ultimately did was just stopped everything and literally was like, what going in my mouth today what's going in my mouth this afternoon tonight and slowly you know i saw greens actually being the first and only sadly thing that actually was positive i was getting rashes from various things i would throw up with other things greens not only stayed in me but they actually started to, you know, my skin was very green. I had just, it was so visually evident that greens were the first thing that was was truly working. So my, um, you know, as, as everyone knows that I, sorry, my hair is a bit of a mess. Um, what I, it's like standing up straight. What I know is um, that these greens were working. So I did, as, as, as I've said so many times, my son was like, are you going to tell the story again today, mom, on this <laughs> podcast? And I'm like, sorry for people. It's so boring. They've heard it so many times, but, but really a lot of people
0: haven't heard it. So you have it's to." it's true. Exactly. I
1: know. I know. My, my son's like, uh, thinks the whole world 's heard his mom 's story, which obviously is not true um, so so when I did these i v sacks three times a day, and I always say my situation was you know incredibly intense, and i i, I wouldn 't wish it upon anyone. But I really got to learn firsthand how powerful greens are, like beyond firsthand, because it was, I was so in the negative to then to even just feel decent, much less good was, was such a triumph for me. So I, once I got back on my feet, there was just so much desire in me to get these greens to everybody. But when I say everyone, I don't mean the woman that can have her own chef or the woman that, you know, um, that's very knowledgeable in this area, I'm meaning people that really could care less about it. I'm meaning people that have no desire to even understand greens, find it not only intimidating, just expensive and annoying. You know, those are the people I was really excited to talk to and be like, it not only can be easy, it can taste good, you know, so I, I knew what I was setting out. And that's why, as you said, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, it did, it took me five years and 264 prototypes, which sounds insane. In retrospect, I mean, who does 264 prototypes? And I'm getting
0: jitters thinking about it. That's like, crazy, that's so right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was insane. But I had the luxury of Not needing to launch this product. This wasn't like I had a business or an investor behind me. You know, I had the desire of, I want to solve this problem. So for me, the 264 prototypes was solving a problem. And I can, I, I don't even, I never counted the number of chemists that just thought I was, you know, oh, you sweet little thing, you know, oh, dear you, oh, sweetheart, like I've heard it all. But that just gave me even more motivation that somehow these real greens, because they'd be like, oh, just use extract, throw some sugar in there and you're good to go. And I'm like, no no, 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 A, that's the easy way out. B, that's just giving another problem, you know. And so it was having those real greens and then having a natural, flavor that tasted good, you know, not those synthetic, really, you know, soda pop blow in your, you know, those tasty, th- the, ugh, the taste, you can like no. taste it on your tongue for hours after. I knew the parameters that I was going to, to really stay strong with. And if I couldn't achieve it, I just simply wasn't going to do it. And so what's exciting for someone starting a business is you have that force where you're like, you're so energized and, And I I had it in spades, obviously, given my illness. But that force really makes and helps you create a product. That's why I love founder products. You know, when I see the big companies making products, they're just trying to like meet a number and this and that. But when you have a founder product, there's so much passion and force behind there that I really am eager to try it because you know they've really. For
0: that product, I mean, I can tell you, I've worked in institutions and corporates, and none of them would do 264 prototypes for a product. <laughs> it just it would just not the, the person would be fired in charge of
1: MPD. exactly.
0: <laughs> so that, but that's you know, but then as a consumer, you want someone who's done 264 because it shows like, the 200, you know, all of those you've made it better and better and better and perfect. Um, so I think it's a it's a exactly how you feel, obviously I feel, um, I think most people feel. It's just about today, and that's also one of the reasons why I created this podcast, is like how to amplify founder-led in my field, beauty, wellness, you know, brands, because I do think they're the future. Like, And I think that's what consumers are wanting. And now you're seeing these like amazing ways for our kind of brands to be distributed, to hit the masses, and the barriers to entry to enter certain retailers or Amazons, etc. It's becoming easier. And we've channels like TikTok and social media, you can also grow really quickly. Um, So that's quite an exciting place to be at. So like, I mean, tell us a bit about, so you had like, obviously your your first uh, eight greens product. What was that? Because I know you have a couple of different flavors and types of Yeah.
1: I I brought this original one out because it's like our sweet, you know, so it's this first, this is our first eight green tablet and it's um, lemon and lime. And it's, as it says, it's the original, (laughs) OG, (laughs) OG, the original. And, um, and that, that, you know, it's still, it's interesting because people say like, what are you trying to achieve with eight greens? It's the same as day one, getting greens into people. This is still our number one product. It's, it's, you know, the tried and true. We've sold over a hundred million of them. It's, it's been, it's been extraordinary. And so really, you know, this product has the eight real greens in it. And then yeah. we, this is my favorite. I didn't know this one was here. Blood Orange. This is my favorite, favorite flavor, full stop. And then we launched, um, Melon. we did Chewables. Um, I should have brought a lollipop because it's probably what I'm most proud of. But then we have the gummies. The gummies, um, amazing. The gummies. And that, the gummy, we just launched a peach flavor, which has just blown our minds. I'd say it's, it's the most successful flavor at the moment, um, Ooh. is peach. And then these gummies, which, again, I'm really proud of because they're the world's first real green gummies. So all the green are from the greens. There's no coloring in that.
0: Really? Because I actually, we were looking at gummies. I know that's very hard to do without any colorant, to have that kind of deep color. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, because it's all the greens. That's
0: amazing.
1: It it, it really, um, it's kind of, it it shows it. You know, it's not like I have to to keep saying, oh, it's the real greens. It's that. It just proves it.
0: You can prove it. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, and then we have a lollipop, which I'm sorry, I don't have at this table here, but, um, that just about killed me because to make a lollipop with real greens was (laughs) That
0: is a game changer.
1: (laughs) I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, they're all with real greens and they all taste good. And you know, that's really what matters at the end of the day, a that it works, but B, if it doesn't taste good, you know, you were stating how, you know, creating a habit and really sticking to it is such a challenge. If it doesn't taste good, I mean, unless you're dying and at that level of necessity, you're not going to stick with no. it. No.
0: I, I remember, like, I mean, knowing that you have you have wheatgrass in yours, right, in your eight greens.
1: And blue-green algae. I mean.
0: Yeah. And I remember, like, there was that, I it's sad to say, that phase. It was a couple of years ago. I remember, in, like, Selfridges and, like, the food bar and stuff at the top. There was, like, this... Um, shots of wheatgrass exactly. it was crazy and i remember i used to hate it and i used to, and then obviously naturally as i hated the flavor i didn't continue it um, but I remember it blindly being like a sheep going to get my, my daily wheatgrass shots, but you know, you made it accessible, but also tasty, but plus with the other ones, cause I'm not going to have like eight shots of like wheatgrass and spirulina. And then right. you know, I can't do that. No.
1: And the blue green algae was also the, the wheatgrass was quite important to me because a lot of people have acidity issues mm. when they take those wheatgrass shots. It can be acidic on their tummy. So I really wanted to get that in because it's obviously less acidic when it's mixed with other things. And then the blue green algae, um, yeah it people also call it e3 live i know and it's um it's quite expensive so that's why a lot of green products don't have it um but it's Mm. super super important to me it's it's one of the only um you know non in any way man-made um it's completely natural 90 percent of it's from a lake called lake klamath in northern oregon it's it's pretty powerful it's literally an algae that you can like swoop out of this pond that i've been lucky enough to visit and it's 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 really it's really authentic and it's crazy expensive
0: yeah well, I do want to ask a little bit about like um, for, for even more for, I guess, beauty founders listening and stuff. And how is like the supply side manufacturing been for you? Because and even tethered to the pandemic being a big like crunks of it. How, tell us the tea. Like, it's been tough, right? Oh, <laughs> I
1: mean, I years. think I have more gray hair because of it than <laughs> anything in my life. I mean, I got, yeah, the supply chain. I have an incredible CEO that helps me with all of this. I want to tell any founder that if they feel like they have to do it all on their own, they don't. Because for me, I, you know, once you really start to, 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 to scale, which everyone, you know, I mean, it, it, it happens so suddenly. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to be 12 people. And just, just remember you're only supposed to be one. Cause I don't want any founder to feel like they have to do it all because then they almost like, like for me, let me tell you my experience. I found the more I was trying to solve the business products and the more I was trying to be, you know, everything that this company needed, I was losing the gem of what I was giving. And that's like really focusing on the product and the efficacy and then going out and talking about it because, you know, I, it comes from such a personal story. And so I really want to stay anchored in that. And I was, you know, the supply is crazy difficult because we're real greens, you know, and not only the pandemic, you've got weather issues, you've got, you know, just, then you get the whole politics and all that. It's so difficult. So we have, um, were Made in America, which was very important to me just to keep it as like my DNA, my, you know, what I understand. I could really, um, I felt very anchored in that. And we have many different sources of getting the greens and whatever we, you know, if, if we, we we always keep them real, we always have our standard and we will, you know, we will absolutely adhere to that no matter what. With the pandemic, we got down to so few products because we weren't just going to go get crap and, you know, to fulfill an order. So... Yeah, we sold a lot less than we wanted to during, you know, the, at the end of the pandemic because we were running out, but we, it, you owe that to your customers. You owe it.
0: You know? Yeah, and to the brand yeah. integrity and... and
1: exactly.
0: And also, you know, as you said, you, you are creating products for people that will benefit, not for, I mean, the primary is not to be a business founder and like have these, you know, the P&L perfect and that kind of stuff. So for you... And for most founder-led brands, it's exactly that. It's making sure that whatever you put out there is exactly what it's intended to be, and it stays true to itself. Um, and that's kind of another question I have, is sort of about, I know you have a CEO, and I'm sure like the team and stuff can help you, but how do you manage your MPD? Because I like to call it, like, founders have mindful MPD, right? We're not about creating for the sake of it. We are creating for the need of it. But how do you balance that with, like, certain, you know, yes, of course, we need to come up with new products here and there. we've got to also, sometimes we're in retail, we've got to like deliver some newness. How do you do your NPD?
1: Very much from my gut, which is probably not the answer that you want to hear. But, it I, very... no, but
0: I like to hear that.
1: An uh, yeah, like. I would, I, I of course I've been asked, like, can you get a new product or an exclusive for this retailer and yeah. this and that? And unless it's, uh, I say unless, I don't think I've ever done it because I would, I absolutely have to do the product well. So, you know, I can offer them our range, and I can, if they can't accept it within that realm, well, then they're not, you know, it's not, they're not meant to have eight greens. Cause I would never, I would never put a retailer above the consumer's belief and trust in eight greens. I just wouldn't. Like it's, it's, I don't know if it's because of my health struggle or just, you know, who I am, whatever it is. And, and I would, that's where, again, the founder led company is so exciting that you have that person anchoring it. And once it becomes, you know, a public big company, you're not quite sure if you're like, Am I, is, is this just an order being fulfilled? Is just, just making numbers or is this true, you know, is this really, really authentic? And for me, the products that we have, I mean, I give them to my children in, you know, loads, my husband, myself, it's, it's, it's so important to me that I'm putting it in a stranger's child. Like we're talking about some really weighty, weighty stuff. There is no way I could put something in that I thought was 85% good. Like I just couldn't. I wouldn't sleep at night, you know. So it's, it's, it's not really even a question.
0: I love that that's that's the way it should be um so how, how big is um right now your team is it uh, is it quite a lean mean team or is it quite globally distributed
1: uh, we're we're definitely lean and mean we've tried to keep it that way i it, it you know wellness has become so trendy and so big and everyone's going and raising you know just millions and millions and then getting these teams of like you know mm. 200 people and it's like Wow, you know, hiring people just for like an audio of a podcast, like that's their full time job. I'm like, wow, that's just not how I tick in life. So we have you know, what's really nice is that everyone that works for eight greens is incredibly passionate about the product Amazing. and they're good, good people, which is really important to me at the end of the day that you know everyone is um they are it's it's good people. And so you know, of course mistakes are gonna be made, but you know it's coming from, you know, a good intention, and that's really where we're at. We are um um, you know, every time we think we're launching in another country, something kind of bigger is demanding of us in the U.S. We are in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, and, and really, that's uh, for the moment, we're, we're pretty full on with that, I must say. <laughs> I um, we launched in Target a year ago and that everything's kind wow. of been bigger than we expected. When we launched in Amazon about three years ago, it was so much bigger than we expected. So really, it's about doing each step well as yep. opposed to just, you know, blowing Trusty. it out. And I feel like with the wellness industry, it is so oversaturated right now that it will just kind of the the people that are in it for the wrong reasons or, you know, that they will just kind of dwindle out. We're definitely in it for the long game um, because I care more about the consumer and the, you know, the public getting the real greens as opposed to just building a company.
0: No, and I think that's that's the way to do it. And I think for anyone listening as well, it's about just going at the pace that you where a feel comfortable with that you can do justice to um and that's right for the business needs of course um but generally speaking um it's sometimes really important just to crowd out the noise because as you said there can be new brands coming in tomorrow and then launching in left right and center with uh, you know 20 million vc funding and sure they've got all the tiktokers and everything and but in the, the day that's that led them that's amazing that's one journey but um, generally speaking, if you're building something that's truly integral, that it will never go away. You know, Your time is always, it's not like you have to rush to catch up or anything like that. It's very important to go at your pace. Do you sometimes get, it's normal though, I say that, trust me, I say that and then I still sometimes look at competitors and I'm like, oh my God, why are we not doing that? I want to do that. <laughs> do you sometimes get those moments of like, um, I guess, looking astray
1: i think the thing that i probably get told is um well people always say you know we've been copied a lot in the last couple yeah. years because we really were the first you know being yep. six years ago now and and it's kind of become the, the thing now so we obviously we've been copied so many times i've lost count and people always say oh this is the greatest form of flattery i could totally do without the flattery <laughs> it's flattery. <laughs> like, like, i platterian. don't need that kind of flattery um <laughs> But in a way, it's great because people are getting more options of getting greens. So sure. that's great. And it really, you know, to be honest, it shows how great our product is because theirs exactly. will not taste as good or they won't have the real greens or, you know, it's, exactly. it's my biggest thing is I just want consumer. You know, I feel bad for consumers because they have to be more educated now to kind of weed out everything. And so that yeah. that I, I feel bad for them. But but there's no one dumb. You know, they're not no. going to. And I think so clever. Uh,
0: that's exactly it. The consumers today are getting quite demanding in the sense of they want, um, in the right way, like they're demanding in the sense that they demand transparency. They want, you know, definitely those certifications and accountability of things. And I think one thing, definitely what you're saying is, I 100% agree, like it's great to have more of the same because it shows the market need. It brings sense of like uh, more people get being able to access. But, you know, we have to hope that those com- I don't like the word competitor, but you know what I mean? Those other similar brands, they also are sustainably sourcing, for example, their greens, right? And they're not actually tarnishing what could be created. So there is a sense of an urge of then more education from our own platforms, right? To explain mm. why why our products are so. And actually then, it can actually be healthy because it makes us not take for granted. Like I, sometimes I speak to my system, I'm like, you know, maybe we should just say like why our shampoo cost of good is actually not even good for the business but it is expensive because we go Mm -hmm. to these specific sources of turmeric that are 95 you know clean compared to the traditional ones of 80 percent or something like that right people might want to know
1: yeah and when people are like are you non-gmo or are you gluten-free i'm like that's just like baseline you know like of course you know but we take
0: it it for granted you know sometimes as a founder you know because exactly how you know you're saying how you would never launch something if it wasn't perfect um I think people would love to know, like, what does that mean exactly? And I think you guys do a great way of, honestly, on your website, like in the power green mm-hmm. section, it's so articulately done. But then the problem is, is sometimes distribution, right? It's like, how do you get that translated to let's say the Amazon or the target now, right? Or, um, with a little shelf strip and a little exactly. word, it's hard.
1: It is hard. Plus,
0: next to it is others. hard,
1: and you know, you don't want to, you don't want to kind of sell out and go and pay that TikToker bazillions of dollars to exactly. say something. You know, it's 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 got to be genuine. They've got to love the product, and mm-hmm. and we're so you know so much of what's great about Eight Greens is the taste. If I can say that, like it, it genuinely tastes really good. Like people sometimes want it just for the taste. And how can you translate that? Like via not try besides someone trying it, you know, and also like, for, of course I'm going to say it tastes great. I'm the freaking founder, you know, <laughs> like they're like, yeah, whatever lady you founded the thing. Like <laughs> I get it. So you, it's hard to 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 do marketing when it comes to taste because you're like you just gotta try it okay yeah. like there's no other <laughs> trust, way around trust
0: it. me but i think <laughs> and, and that's the thing because it's like um like most food or kind of these kind of not, not supplements more food stuff you know normally people look at the aesthetic it's hard when it, you just see that the 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 that's the, the tablet right how do you translate that but have you found like successful ways of like do you guys do sampling or is it just more, I guess, getting a wide distribution network? How have you found effective ways of doing it?
1: So we have, um, we've done a bit of sampling, but I think the two things that have been amazing for us is one, um, we did a whole bunch of Princeton surveys. So we had other people do a trial for us. Um, like we didn't, we weren't involved in the trial. I think it's really important that an outside yep. company does your trial so you know you're getting the, the real information. Um, and, and it came back, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I'm showing off now, but I mean, it came back like Damn. 98%. You know, it was really just wow. mind-blowing. It's sometimes when made... it
0: comes back too positive, you're like, wait, this is too good to be true. Should we, should we knock it down a be percentage? But it's true. The it came it's out true. A... I mean, it's why yeah, I worked
1: for five years and 264 prototypes, you know. <laughs> it better be um, 98. So yeah. It better be 98, right? Or I definitely would have gotten a failing grade for, for those five years of my life. So uh, I wouldn't still be doing it is what I would. Be doing so, no, those were really good, and then just to be honest, just the real consumer good feedback you know, people Mm. sending in, you know, going on Amazon and giving reviews, or you know, it's that's been the real mind blower for me because you know, wow, you can't when it's real, it's just your heart melts and you're, you can't make that, you know, you can't ask someone to write stuff when they're like, you know, I haven't missed a day of work in years because of this or something that, you know, I, whatever it is, just being like, wow, you know, those, those are really powerful. And so I guess those, those are what keep me going, just seeing them and being like amazing. Or my kid hasn't had something green in years and now asks for this every day. You're like, whew, that's Oof. big, you know? So though those I'd say are what really help translate the taste to the public. But at the end of the day, they do just have to try it. And that's why yeah. we don't, like this is what we say internally, like we don't just have customers, we have like loyalists. Like we have, you know, people mm. that are diehard eight green fans. And that's just, it's why I did it, you know? Yeah. It's So it's, it's, and for any founder that's watching this, That will happen if you put your heart and soul into anything because people feel it. They know the real deal.
0: Exactly. I mean, we have to sometimes as a founder put ourselves as a consumer and uh, we're all the same. Our consumer taking our products is like us taking our own products. They have to really see the quality. They have to feel the love and they have to be educated at the same time too. And it's really not that complicated to do all three if you just do it from the true authentic why that you've started the journey off with and not get sidetracked by retailers or the competitors or whatever. You just do it your pace and do it properly. And I think honestly, it is that simple. It's, it's, it's just, it's just staying on track to that. Um, but one, one thing also is I want to like say, I, I also do this study a lot. I go on the brands product pages and I see the reviews just to get a bit of a real, like authentic community vibe. And you guys are just flooding with five-star reviews, of course, and it kind of goes back to what we said. But I read a lot of them, and they're exactly as you said. It's like how, oh, my, you know, my child, first time, is finally enjoying taking greens. And you've already said it, but those are the moments, no matter where you are, 10 years, three years, day one into your journey, they're your motivators. So as a founder, my one advice would be you know, invest in your community and, and you know, make sure you are listening because that is the heartbeat, right, of the, of the brand that we're creating.
1: It's so it's true. That. It's so true. And I've, you know, given that we're, you know, we're, we're doing quite well now, I've been able to go and meet other founders that have really just done, you know, blown out their brands in, in huge ways. And it always comes back to, you know, they've been able to stay quality of their product, but then like one company that I spoke to a founder last month. I mean I can't say I speak to other founders that often because I'm working, but they actually hired their fans, like their their consumers that are really really loyalist to go and talk about the product to other people. And you know why I really like that because no product is perfect. Like, Oh, you know, this, this flavor, I don't like as much as the other one, or, Oh, you got to try this one thing. They can say that, you know, like no, one's going to say, go buy the whole range of this entire company. No, they can say like, that's my favorite, you know? And that's just, that's what you want is someone to give you the real,
0: the real, yeah, the real
1: feedback, but also the edited where you're like, okay, bang, I can trust that.
0: Yeah. It's so true. This is something that even for Fable, we we've done it a lot with field staff. That we have a like a process where they have to genuinely love the brand and be using the brand uh, because then they'll be definitely advocating it better. But definitely have a variety of um, you know field staff in the sense of like uh, they would have their own specific favorite products because it becomes so much more authentic. I don't want them to go and say. Oh, every single one is amazing because that just becomes very robotic and also so not true. Like we would never like as humans have the same brand only for one of our needs. You know, I would have a variety of brands and that's the way it should be. Right. It's really about making sure that we're just fitting into that person, not necessarily into a. Uh, our perfection of a person that we hope to have. Like, obviously we would want every single person to buy all our products, but it ain't going to happen. So like, we have to be realistic.
1: No, 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 no. People always say like, Oh, I'm sure you can't say you have a favorite, but you do. I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. It's called blood orange. Like that's <laughs> yeah, my exactly. favorite. But yeah, then I've got two it. boys, you know, their favorite is peach. So yeah. everyone's going to have a different one. But for me, that is my favorite.
0: Yeah. No, I I, also, I have to say one other thing kind of came to mind another another way that you've done a sampling in a really effective way which is sounds reverse psychology but you have made your price point super accessible which for me is a form of sampling right you've given people the ability to you know if you actually divide by the cost by um, the amount of tablets in there you know they're getting all those greens for like a dollar or whatever it is that's so like that is a way of basically sampling in my mind oh thank
1: you it was it was that I fought so hard for because you can imagine it was like at least do 20 dollars, at least do this at least do that and
0: you could have you definitely could have you know that's the. I know
1: and everyone thought I was so stupid not to I really wanted to make it as cheap as possible so people didn't have to think oh can I can I get this this week like can I swing this in this month I wanted people to be like hmm I'm gonna try this you know this is health this isn't like a lipstick that, oh, you know, isn't going to really make or break your life. Like health is health. Come on, you know. And so I just wanted to make it where people didn't have to be like, oh, you know, is this expensive? And because if you look at it, I mean, so our goal is this is this is about a dollar a day. Think of like, you know, a Starbucks coffee. I mean, this is so that was really that was the big deal to me. Yeah.
0: No, you've done that and you nailed it. But, uh, you know, That the good thing is, is because you've built such a loyal already community, you've sold over like hundred million of those, and cetera, I think there is a sense of transparency as a brand as well. To like, um, I'm not saying you're going to do this, but you might need to. Is sometimes we need to increase our prices, right? Like one thing we're we're doing right now with Fable is we're actually after two years increasing our prices by a dollar or two for everything, just because we're getting charged. AR retailer margins are going up plus the, um, the suppliers are just adding on all these costs, plus shipping freight, And what the business was two years ago wasn't what it is today from our cost of goods. And um, I don't want to sacrifice quality but I also need to make a viable business. So um, is that something that you like, you know, maybe not you, but like your team and stuff, your CEO, is that something that you are like, as a founder, we have to all consider, right? Is- oh,
1: I mean, that's all part of the business, right? And yeah. you try so hard not to. And I'm actually so impressed that you're just being honest and stating it because so many people would try to hide it. I love your, I love your transparency. And it is a really tough time. I hear you, you know, the the recession and the war and the this and that, everything just to get it made is so transportation you know to get yep. the product F- to rate, the warehouses to, to the And then
0: we want to be sustainable we want to measure our footprint but we need to get it on time and it's just
1: Yeah it's so true so it's yeah it's it's you can try but um you know we're just doing our best like everyone else and and really, yeah, yeah, I so, I mean, there's certain things, like, for example, this is the, the tubes recyclable, the, um, it's post resin for the gummy jar for the recyclability, like those things, you just don't compromise because you're like, no. I'm not, you know, those or, or the made from real grains and stuff we've talked about. You just don't compromise on that. So with you having to raise your price, I think. I, again, I'm so proud and impressed that you just stated is really the education again, stating why people will hear you and be like, Hey, like that 80% yeah. of, of the quality of your turmeric versus the 90, whatever that you said, like that people respect that honesty, yeah. you know, and that's, that's the real deal no, and they exactly. want that. So yeah. that's really, that's so admirable. No,
0: exactly. And we have to, and even for us as, as, founders to be articulate in our storytelling and whenever we do let's say a live stream or an interview or even just speak to a customer i really take it and, I'm, and i know you do 100 percent the way you're, you know you, you you love and speak about the brand is we have to be involved with understanding the reasons for all of the decisions we make internally because for example i remember for the turmeric thing i was i was so adamant about having the turmeric sustainably source from india i said this is the whole point we're an indian inspired brand i want to source sustainably from india then the spider diagram comes where it's like, okay, but in the shipping cost from India we make from the UK, does that, is that, what's more important, the shipping or is it the storytelling? But then I found out actually the turmeric from India is the 80%. It's filled with like a lot of like iron and minerals that are not actually super clean. The turmeric that's actually made in, in, like in a state in America... Is actually at the ninety-five percent. So actually, I then really? decided to actually, yeah, make it from the turmeric in in America because it was actually safer for your for your hair and your health um, than the one from India. So I had to then I then put a process um, with my team to start learning a bit deeper about. Okay, I don't want to just like be pigeonholed into certain marketing things that the team or the retailers tell us to like make sure you can say this and that. It's like. I would love to say it's sustainable resource from India, but actually I've actually decided to not have it from that, from that ingredient because of this, this, this. Um, so it's very important. Like now I, I listen to where it's going, but I also listen, it's hard as well with certain labs because they don't often tell you um, because that's part of the deal, right? They, they don't want to tell you all their suppliers because they own course, the formula yeah. sometimes. So then you're like hoping you know, they've done their due diligence, but sometimes I don't, I, I don't take it for granted. So I, I've now decided to turn off some of my turnkey to supply some of the rules because I have the visibility. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's important. And, you know, I know you've done the exact same, the way you were talking about where the, my, the algae is coming from, et cetera. So I just love that you said all those things because it showed to me that as a founder, you know the details of where everything comes from and you're oh, not yeah. going to second. Yeah, you're not going to throw that away. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It's really nice of you to say, I guess that is something I've just assumed. I've never really thought yeah. of that, to be honest. I've just kind of taken that aspect for granted that we've been really hard on following the supply. And, the. I think we were lucky because that's a really interesting thing that you just said. I'm going to have to think about it. Cause I think what, mm. when I launched eight green five years ago, I was so lucky that I had all these retailers in New York. Well, they came to me in New York, you know, like Nordstrom's based in Seattle, et cetera. But like Nordstrom's wanted to launch us and all these others, Fora wanted to launch us. We were really lucky to have these people wanting to launch us. So I was sitting in such a lucky position. And then when we launched in Nordstrom, we sold out in like three and a half hours so the suppliers knew they had, I had the luxury of having the upper hand, I guess, is what I'm very That's crudely good. saying. So they knew yeah. they had to, to kind of, oh, wait, this is a train I want to be on so I could yeah. make a few more demands. And yeah. um, making those demands up front is priceless. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. You have yeah, to.
1: and anyone that like you, you know the whole thing of with me with you know oh just throw in some sugar and, and then it will taste good you don't have to do like the natural flavor with no sugar da 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 da, da. that th- those are the moments that make or break you and make or break your company and just just stay true to what you're trying to do because that's what will succeed you know I mean there are so many people that have done the other route the competitors that just throw out the products and you know a month are making these new products. They're the ones that did, that did listen to that person that said, "Oh, just throw some sugar in and da 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 da." So anyone that's really fighting right now, that it is, it will it will serve you very well. It will it will it will make you actually.
0: It will exactly, and it's such a, it's it's that simple and easy thing of just don't rush, take your time, do your two hundred sixty-four prototypes if you need to, um, and just make sure you 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 start with that intention strong where you know your first brief to your lab or whoever don't if the lab doesn't want to share if your lab doesn't want to go for the they they, they, they only want to work with three four suppliers that they only want to trust and work with it's okay to try a different lab because actually I do believe that uh, you know that's that separates the founder-led conscious brands of tomorrow via these sort of um, which is again I have a lot of brands come on the podcast that are this kind of brand, and it's fine, but there are a lot of brands that are created quickly It's not white labeled because they are unique formulas, et cetera, but sort of with the white labeling turnkey approach with a beautiful marketing message, you know creative agency spent fifty k on it, they've got good retail distribution, perhaps put celebrity face on it. we've seen it before but um, as I don't mind those as long as they've done you know the due diligence on all the stages because that's what's going to be as exactly as you said that you can't, that's priceless that you can't beat. That's going to keep the brand afloat for a long, a lifetime, not just. Yeah.
1: And I also just want to say one thing that I was thinking about, you know, when I just said, like I had the luxury of kind of being in control after launching. Yeah. So anyone watching this is like, great. Thanks woman. You're a schmo. Like I don't have that. I don't I, I don't have that authority yet. I'm creating a product like on my hands and knees. I've been there. I've had You've done no it. upper hand as well. So let's just make sure we get that really clear. Well, you my don't. The upper c- hand yeah. was like my passion, okay? <laughs> that was I, think,
0: it. I think everyone can tell. And I think also the way it was created. Um, if your brand is created from tr- such authenticity, from you being the beneficiary with 264 prototypes. <laughs> hundred percent there is no upper hand (laughs) but a lot of mistakes a lot of grind a lot of learnings and then you know and we're still I mean and I and I completely relate in the sense of like you know we're always still learning we're still figuring it out um and but I love the fact um that you can be from any background any story and still create a brand, but again, we need to find a new word for brand because we're not really creating brands, right? We're creating something a bit bigger like than that. a
1: solution. A
0: solution, yeah. exactly. Um, and that's the, that's the thing. Actually, that's a really good point, a solution, because I think that's what I've done with Fable, with my sisters. I'm an engineer. I love, I'm an escape room fanatic. I love problem solving. Um, and I think that's what we're doing is we're solving the sort of like, yeah, issue in in why um, is, you know, certain, like my, my thing was why there's so many products saying, we'll fix your hair in four minutes, uh, three minutes and one hour. And it's like, yeah, you go to the salon and you need it again. Your hair, you go, you go to the salon every time and you say, my hair's damaged, my hair's this. So why don't we holistically heal it? So that each time you go to the salon, you're not like, oh, my hair is less and less damaged each time. I want that person to go in and be like, wait, your hair is so much better. The, the stylist, you know, something's changed. Oh, I'm using these Ayurvedic ingredients that is holistically changing the hair. It's changing a long term. We're like a partner with you for life. We're not this quick thing. And that's exactly what eight greens is. You know, you've become a partner and you've done it in a sustainable way because like me, I do not take my green sustainably if I'm going to, make them all myself in my juicer i just cannot it's messy there's too much it's so expensive and too many things i don't have time to be fair like i do have time but i don't make time for that exactly um, whereas i think you've done that and that's that's the sustainable approach of creating it and it's not for everyone right it's exactly as you said you know who your customer is sure you can have someone who would want the actual juicer and the actual shot and they like that ritual that's perfect
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the
0: majority of people um don't (laughs) and that's exactly
1: and i i mean it's true you're solving a problem with with people going into a salon saying their hair is damaged because i feel like everyone messes with their hair at some point in their life you know and to to keep it healthy you're solving that problem and for me it's you know I've made green smoothies that my kids are like, Ugh, you know, and I just want to solve that, Ugh, you know, and so I, I get it. I'm with everyone in it. Like who? Yeah. I mean, every mom's put broccoli on a plate and had neither her kids nor her husband eat it, you know, and yeah. she's like, put, like not really enjoying it. She's just eating it because she knows it's good for her, you know. Yeah. Or, I get it. I totally get it. Or someone's like slurping a green, a green, uh, you know, shake on the way to the work because they feel like they need to, but it sucks. Like I totally get it. So those were the problems I really wanted to solve.
0: No, and you've done that. Although I will say, are you team broccoli, team Brussels sprouts? Like, do you actually enjoy them?
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) No, I'm not team broccoli. I'm not team Brussels sprouts. I mean, if they're made beautifully by a chef that has some yeah, incredible like puree. With some yeah.
0: soy sauce and exactly. some yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, Last I always find I had this
1: amazing spinach, and then when I actually asked the chef the recipe, it had parmesan and like three different cheeses. It I was like. <laughs> that yeah. much of the spinach and like that much cheese I was like of course I loved it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly that's what people like, I love salads and you realize after yeah it's just a lot of sauce a lot of dressing <laughs> that's why it was love so it. much salad
1: dressing like 8,000 croutons or whatever I yeah know.
0: totally no I feel you I feel you that's what that's why we have eight greens so what before we go into fire round questions what is the future for eight greens for you
1: Truly, it's more of the same. I mean, to continue yeah. getting it um, out to, to more people in, in ways that more people can try it, as I said, this taste issue. I guess the, the future is getting is getting more sampling because people need to try it to know that it tastes as good as it does because I feel yeah. like, you know, you don't it want is. to just tell people. I, I think for
0: you, things. though, and I say this and I hopefully like it will stay with you, is I do think your sampling is just getting it into more distributed points because your price point is a sample. That's the reality.
1: So yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's very nice to hear. I appreciate it very much. And um, yeah, I really, I, I, it's been great doing it in America. But as you know, I live in London. So it'll be fun yeah. to do it like on my home, my home away from home if I am American. So yeah, yeah just, just more of the same.
0: I love it. Well, um, I asked also everyone kind of like that desert island question. But I think we really know, right? It's like if you're going to take one flavor with you on this island, which one would it be?
1: One thing in the whole world.
0: No, no, no One thing on, of eight greens of, of one thing. Oh, yeah.
1: You know the blood already, orange. It's
0: blood orange. It's got to be blood orange. It's
1: the blood yeah. orange effervescent tablet. Peach is becoming a close second. Yeah. but I, I'm totally loyal to my blood orange.
0: I love it. Um, okay. So now fire on questions. This is oh. the first thing that comes to your mind. So I'm curious. So, okay. The first question. What's another beauty brand or beauty brand that you're currently loving right now?
1: Um, okay, the first one that came to mind is Dr. Lancer because I have super, super, super sensitive skin from not yep. having the lymph nodes from when I had cancer. And yep. finding a moisturizer that didn't make me break out was a huge scavenger hunt for me and his works.
0: Nice. Uh, what's a guilty pleasure of yours?
1: Oh, pano chocolate. Oh,
0: who <laughs> oh, doesn't love eat. a good pano chocolate? <laughs> It's, yeah, they're very. Uh, I lived in Paris for three years, so you can imagine. Oh, you that. did? But then I was vegan for a, a, a lot of it, and then a vegetarian for some. So the vegan part, unfortunately, choc- it was very hard, near impossible to find a vegan. There is, that, they do exist, but in France, you can't find a vegan panache. I was going to that say, way.
1: that's discipline beyond like discipline yeah, yeah, yeah. almost.
0: <laughs> well, that's why I went vegan as well. There's because I, every morning in Dior, I worked for Dior, and every morning they would have like breakfast and stuff, and it would be like panache chocolat in the meetings. And I was like, and you, yeah, no, I'm. I was like, I, I'm not. I was eating too many of them. Thus, I had to go vegan to stop oh, eating them.
1: Okay, well, that's a whole <laughs> that's other my, issue. That's but a whole good other. Good on story. the discipline part. <laughs> exactly.
0: Gotta try. Um, what are you currently watching or reading?
1: Ooh. Um, okay. Oh, this is this is this is going to be crazy. Okay, I'm going to be totally honest and tell you what I'm reading because it's so bizarre. I almost need to get the title for you. It is <laughs> okay. Don't get scared, anyone. Okay. A friend of mine told me about a book that teaches you negoti Okay, this is really going to scare people. About a, a <laughs> book that teaches you negotiation um, with hostages. And so a gentleman oh. wrote it that used to actually do hostage um, negotiations. Ooh. And yeah, and he's part of the American government. And I'm going to literally. I just, 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 just. It's a yellow cover. I have nothing. Is it to never do with the- split
0: the difference? I'm googling it now. Yes yep just never spit the difference negotiating as if your life depended on it by no
1: it's it's i mean it's
0: kind of weird
1: that i'm reading it right now but someone suggested it to me and i thought you know i've got two very strong-minded sons <laughs>
0: so I no i i'm actually gonna buy it straight up you've convinced me i think that's it's
1: interesting it's I'm a lot of learnings you can through, do in so many parts of your life yeah. yeah and it's interesting because it's really about you know just treating a person with decency, you know, giving them the credit to speak and understanding what's on their mind. And yeah, I found it interesting.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people are saying this is the most important book they've read. I mean, a lot of good extrapolated knowledge from that. I'm thinking like even like negotiating with my sister and certain things as a founder, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and this, it was a 25 year old friend of mine, this guy, um, it's, I, I'm friends with his parents and he was the one that yeah. was telling me about it. And I was like, I got to check this out. Yeah. It's
0: interesting. Nice. Okay. You've convinced me. Are, are you, are you watching anything?
1: I'm not a big television person. Um, can't say I'm a big television person. We watched last night, my boys and my husband and I were very jet legs. So we just got back to London and we watched the, um, operations mincemeat. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting fully impressed by that um that's probably the only movie i've watched this summer i hate to say
0: no it's good i mean trust me people uh should be less and less on their the screens and stuff nowadays yeah yeah we did a lot of that during lockdown so it's better to be out and about if we can so yeah 100 percent um my next question is what like do you have a favorite social media platform
1: I hate social media with such a passion for I'm on Instagram. I hate it. I'd be off of it if I could. I'll be totally honest. I've never been on TikTok a day in my life. I'm like yep. a dinosaur, everybody. I'm sorry. I don't do Facebook. I am like an old school, boring person. Um,
0: no, you're probably not. probably not the answer I, think, I should I think you're, say, but it's you're you're, you're you're kind of what everyone wants to be, but we're just stuck in it. Do you know what I mean? You're being like, very kind. No, no, no. But well, maybe me. I think I, I, I did social media... For brands for like five, six years. So for me, having managed social media and then like having my own social media, I'm like so fatigued at this point. Um, because my priorities are very different now. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but I feel you. I
1: just feel like it's yeah. so, it's, everyone shows off like, oh, I'm here, oh, I'm there. And like people can't believe I haven't posted this summer on our holidays. And I'm like, I've been just enjoying it. Like, I'm not gonna, get, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. go through my brain.
0: I feel you. No, you gotta, and I, even, even me, like, I have to listen to my own consumption and how i feel so i like post after i'll, I'll take photos from memories and I'll, I'll have someone on my team like just like make a caption and just post it and i don't post ever in real time i just i just can't waste my time like on the apps when i'm traveling i have to do it later um but i still post it just because i don't know just because i'm what's still in the, it <laughs>
1: what's your favorite um Platform.
0: So my favorite is actually LinkedIn. Um, oh, from,
1: f- okay. from, from,
0: from, from me posting because I'm able to connect with, it's such an easily like shareable, like when someone likes your post like their network sees it. So for me I've got really interesting DMs or people like commenting and uh, even a lot of like colleagues, because I have that corporate world that I was really invested in before, it's so nice to sometimes still communicate with the colleagues. I don't really talk to them on social media because a lot of them don't have it. But like an right. ex GM or an ex CEO would message me saying "so proud of you, good, keep it up," and they they get to see what I'm doing through my brand through LinkedIn. So as a well, that's nice, it, that's my way of doing it. But Obviously, I don't really enjoy the the content I see on it because I do think it gets a little bit like. Um, Sometimes like that little bit like um, seven tips to become, um, you know, I'm not, I don't consume that kind of content. Like yeah. I, I like to be inspired by just myself and my team and just go, you know, I don't really, um, which kind of goes to my next question because I asked, I don't get really inspired by mantras. <laughs> no, no, but I don't get inspired by mantras and stuff, but I'm saying to you, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> definitely not. But I will tell you what um, currently my family, I find this really funny. You may not find it funny at all, which I apologize. But um, years ago, Elle magazine said I was the green queen. And so I've got 11 and 8-year-old boys, like full personality, okay? So now I will literally be having my, like, pan au chocolat or whatever or my glass of wine. And they're like, yeah, right, mommy, green queen, (laughs) So I hear that at least (laughs) twice a day. And I feel like that's become a mantra in our house. Like, yeah, right, you're the green queen. And it just cracks me up because they keep it so real for me.
0: (laughs) That is, you need that, you know. The best is when your children, like, put you down a bit. It's, like, put you back to, like, reality. I love it. I do that. My, I think it's my, um, yeah, my sister does that to me every single minute. So I need that it's sometimes. so
1: good. Do you work with your sister?
0: <laughs> yeah, because we're co-founders. So, um, oh. so we're, like, uh, we're best friends and co-founders, but obviously we fight and, like, anything. But she's the creative director, and she's three years older. I'm the CEO. So that's quite interesting as, like, a, like, a, a play of, like, the younger is technically her her boss if that makes sense in terms of like who makes the decisions who oversees it but she is like um she inspires me a lot because she's so down to earth so um when i say down to earth like very like um simple in the sense of like she just wants this and very content and live a like very spiritual meditative life she doesn't need to have a thousand friends and go out and have all these material things, and I was a lot of that before, so as I'm building the brand, she's like grounding me in the process, which... I think I really need. Um, and then I'm bringing her out of the shell a bit more because sometimes I'm like, Nikki, you need to come on this live with Vogue. And she's like, no, 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 you do it. And I'm like, no, Nikki, Nikki, you need to come on. <laughs> it's yeah. good for the business. It's good for you. It's so um, interesting,
1: right? Like, you're, you're Dior Pano lot. It's like, it's interesting for a, like a year and then it's like, get me out of here, right? Like- <laughs> it,
0: honestly, that's a thing. And I think I, I, I've had so many, at a, you know, similar to you from a young age, when you have such big moments like that, kind of like... I've had a lot of learnings in my, in my life. Like I, I, going from like caring so much about my school grades, you know, I was at Mm -hmm. GCSE A level, like I had to get A stars, 10 A stars. and then, and then I failed my second year of engineering and all my friends went ahead and I was like, okay, this is the first time in my life I failed. That was like such good, like I'm so grateful for those things because it just puts so much, I'm conditioned by school and, you know constructs of like family and stuff to be like xyz and then just my own life experiences of like the i now look forward to like changing and learning and growing and kind of being uncomfortable Uh, and that's geared me up i think to be a quite a resilient ceo as well for fable because i literally my team sometimes think i'm psychotic sometimes like something goes wrong and then everyone's like panicking up and down the room and like oh we have to pay this fee or this i'm like cool let's do it we'll figure out a solution we won't do it again and they're like akash are you, like why are you not angry i'm like well this is a good learning we're going to grow we're together yeah um yeah you've you have got, to be you've,
1: like that. that's why yeah sometimes failure is the best thing you got you got grit you yeah. got thick skin through it all
0: yeah uh, and and going back to your point where you know yeah we, we had the luxury of certain things but we actually had the luxury through all of those hard times that mm. allowed us to to you know learn from it and then also not make those mistakes to so then know what we do better so it's very very important to just challenge your mindset whenever you're in those down moments to think about well where will i where will my mind be in five five hours five months five years wherever will be different so why don't we channel the future energy and learn from this then just stay in those like crunks moments
1: exactly and i have to say it's a really big deal what you just said. I mean, to fail your second year of engineering and have all your peers move forward, I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. a big... Well, you know, like Indian community,
0: uh, everyone thinks what you... Th- you know, I I was 10A stars, 5A stars. Like, uh, I was that kind of annoying, nerdy... I don't <laughs> say nerd, but you know what I mean? Like, I used to, like... Yeah. Go to school, then after go to tuition. Like I was obsessed with studying. So for me, like I just didn't understand why why I was failing. And I realized it was like I'm just not meant to be an engineer. Like I somehow had all these options and I went down a path that was not my passion. And I didn't actually care enough about it. So therefore I didn't put in the time. I thought I was, but I clearly wasn't. Um and then I when I went to, you know, all my friends went to six-figure finance jobs at 22, 23 from engineering, as you do after four years at Imperial. And I was an unpaid intern at Estee Lauder in e-commerce. And, you know, like, basically, they were laughing. I mean, all dinner tables, they were like, um, oh, cash to social media, it's TikTok. And and then they'd talk about their stuff. I just had to realize, like, actually, like, if I'm happy, that's the most important. And my success, whatever success is to you, will be accelerated by your passion. And I really learned that, that no one would teach you in school. No one would teach yeah. you through whatever. It's just, you have to do it. Um, and that's kind of like why I, I love working on Fable and, and keep on building it, is I'm just so passionate about what we're doing. Um, similar to you, right? It's, it's, that's the driving force. Um, but there's yeah. no pressure because the passion you know, oversees
1: everything in my mind. I'm
0: like... And also, I, I think it. it's
1: really remarkable that you, you know, that that's a really big deal, what, what happened your second year of engineering. And it's kind of like anyone that's truly successful, I mean, look at you now, you've got a podcast, you've got your own company with Fable and great relationship with your sister, your family, you know, that's obviously really real and authentic. You guys really help each other grow. I mean, you've got a lot of really big, healthy things in your life. And that's from the force of having something really tough happen you know so i feel like it's great when people success really comes from all those tough moments coming together
0: yeah and i think that's why you have to put that on your sleeve and really let that be a A, it's a factually it's the reason why you have you know you owe you to your success success because in every interview and every you know even on the podcast i love when we go a bit deeper because a lot of the time it is a lot of like that perfect picture story but no one like that's all well and good, but most of success has always stemmed from some form of discomfort, learning, tragedy, failure, whatever it is, because that is kind of like what built you. Is there's a 360? There's not just one side of the of the coin, you know. And a lot of the time, I hear a lot of people only share the positive because that's the exciting thing, or that's the part that's I guess more comfortable to say. But I think once we start conditioning ourselves and we start speaking out first in your friends, then to people, then wherever, about those failures um, or whatever a failure is, you know, I mean those exactly. moments where yeah. you were at that time very down, to now realize that's that's it, it's your it's what empowers me today. Like it's it's actually so funny how four years like a four five year whenever no, it was like seven I can't remember when I was at uni um, eight years ago I think. Um, I remembered that moment crying every day. I was like, this is the end. In my mind, I was like, oh, my God. Now, if you paid me, I would even say, if you paid me a, a million dollars or even $10 million, maybe not 10, 10 is quite a lot, a million dollars to uh, go back and pass, I would not... Oh, I would fail. It's so
1: good for people you know? to hear that, you know? I mean, you know? it's so good for everyone to know. You know, it's, it's what gave you texture and richness, and that's yeah. why people wanting to hear you now. It's, it created you, and that's yeah. why people I, I are listening to you. I exactly. exactly. and I wouldn't be where I am today.
0: Exactly. And I love where I am today. I mean, I don't know where I could have been. I might have loved where I could have been, but for now, I love where I am today, and it's yeah. because of those. So. That's that was my last question. Sorry, I digress. But um, we'll we'll talk offline. There's so much we're going to catch up on. (laughs) I love that. We've just made this connection. But um, my last question is, if you weren't a beauty, wellness entrepreneur, I know you don't, you don't like the entrepreneur, but like solution maker, uh, what would you be doing right now?
1: Well, if I hadn't have gotten cancer, I would have gone to journalism school because I was really interested in, um, I wanted to live in a third world country and really try to solve something. We go back to the solving thing in me. Yeah. I really wanted to go and try to, to do good somewhere and really bring it back. Um, it's so funny because there's so many connections with eight greens I've never thought of until this moment. I wanted to go and really put some spotlight on, you know, some real, true, like deep hunger and deep issues and, and, and bring it back to America for, for Americans to try to, to get the real, the real side. I just anything like, Research and solving and, and doing that in a journalistic way was so interesting to me. So, I was applying to, to Columbia Journalism School when I got sick, and I feel that probably would have been the path I would have taken.
0: Well, what's amazing is I can see so many synergies with like those things and those passions you're saying. I really can see eight greens being a leader in that in the long term. Like, I can really oh, see that as a vehicle. Um, and I think it's important to step by step first, build your foundations, build, bring the ground up before you can, you know, don't run. But definitely having eight greens and like, you know, definitely third world countries and bringing that kind of access to you know a healthy, uh, boosted uh, diet, not a healthy diet. I think it's very important. So I think uh, I could see a huge opportunity.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you.
0: It's been such a, no, such a pleasure, such an honor. Uh, your story is incredible, but you're just all the wisdom that you've shared. I know it will help a lot of people. Um, for people that want to continue following either yourself or you know, definitely 8greens, what are the social handles and some of the links?
1: Oh God, the stuff that I'm not good at, you know, um, 8greens.com, 8 <laughs> 8greens. Instagram, 8greens. Instagram is 8greens. Yep. Everything's at 8greens pretty much.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll put in the summary. Uh, I put it in all the podcasts. I put in the summary below. Everyone can just click straight away all the links. Do make sure you check out Eight Greens. Uh, you will not be disappointed. If you're gonna probably try a first one, I would say maybe try Dawn's favorite, which is Blood Orange, and then you can go around from there. But, you know, there's a lot of different flavors. So um, I'm definitely interested in now the, the lollipop. And that's really cool, the peach one. Oh
1: yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's
0: fun. The that, lollipop's very fun. So it such a pleasure. Thank you so much, such it's a been so fun. I loved it. And uh, well, we'll speak very soon.
1: Yes, and good luck with everything for you. I'm very impressed.